Welcome back to Freight Waves Now in this carrier update. Thomas can look at what's going on in the rails because an interesting dynamics going on. And we've seen we've seen volume growth both in truckload, but also on the rails, which is a positive overall. But I mean, in comparison, well, one, we're at the highest level we've been at any we're higher than we were any time in the last two years, but still under those 2020 levels. But I think that's interesting because it's very different than what we talked about in the truckload space where we're below both 2021 and 2022. Yeah. And this is a good point. Remember when we had all these problems because of the rail? That's that orange line where there are no chassis, the system broke down, there wasn't enough labor. But the story, I really like this story, which is here highlighted in blue. This is us. Obviously, the class one's been dealing with some drama and stuff, but slowly they are gaining market share. And the reason I like these charts, especially as a carrier update is, Customers will typically alternate between rail and truckload. They'll do a mix, maybe some of their stuff they really don't need. They'll make a deal with the rail. And so this is fascinating. We're seeing ourselves go better than 2021 and 2022. And that could mean a further squeeze on truckload. Now, right now, we'll have another chart in a minute that will show the difference. The, the threat is, as we move into peak, is that in spite of how cheap truckload is, if rail keeps getting competitive, it's going to go back to some, you know, yeah, and we've seen it recently. The rails, the impacts that are for the measures that they're taking, they've come in and kind of thrown their elbows around, gotten a little, little dirty. And they, I don't want to say dirty, but they're Scrap. throwing throwing their <laughs> weight around because if you go look at spot intermodal spot rate pricing out of like LA, they dropped it like thirty cents a mile overnight. I mean, they flipped the switch. Hey, we need to be competitive here where they weren't being competitive. And it, when you do that, and the way to think about it is very little spot movements happen on the rail. Like it, it's less than 5%. I mean, look at intermodal tender rejections. They're on a national level. They're like, if they're above what, one and a half percent, something's wrong. When you look at that and see them drop spot pricing, it's an effort to try to claw back volume. And that's what they, effectively, that's what they've been able to do. What does that hurt? It hurts the truckload market, especially the market to look at is LA, right? Because yeah. that corridor, they drop prices from LA to Chicago, LA to Dallas, and LA to Atlanta. Three major, what, the densest intermodal markets, but also three of the densest truckload markets. When they drop their rates, it pushes volumes up, it takes volume off truck side and it also makes it more makes it more attractive because that savings yep. comes into effect and that's the thing to watch you know there's a reason why large trucking companies will go multimodal mm -hmm. jb hunt schneider right now are looking at this and thinking heck yeah brother i've got tons of containers i've been buying because remember we saw an uptick in containers and an uptick in equipment there's the potential for this to kind of find a middle ground here yep. because while all this stuff was loaded, you know, now that we're getting some velocity back in the system, I love my technical terms, kick it over to the savings chart real quick as well. This is the other part. Uh, highlighted in lime, light green, is our volumes. We're seeing it go up, but look at the savings, 9.39. Compared to historical trends, this is a big deal, but look in the middle here. The reason the savings was so good because spot rates were so wild, you couldn't even take advantage of it. Yeah, and now spot rates are so low on the truckload market that the rail... It's one of those things, once they have pricing power, they don't like to give it up. They don't like yeah. to move it. 
but you can see the effects that they've had recently. I mean, we're starting to move back higher. Even though truckload rates are still, what, on the flat to down, especially on the contracted side. So you're seeing the rails finally take action of, this is one of the impacts that I've written about quite often is that you see this sub 10%. I mean, normally it's up between 12 and a half, 15%, somewhere in that range is healthy. When it's below this, there's incentive to use a truck because that the premium paid for the truck is very narrow. But it also puts downward pressure on intermodal rates. And that's what we've seen is those intermodal rates have started to decline. When they've declined, volumes pick up because it allows shippers to have options. And that's what they hadn't had really for the past couple of years, right? They've been kind of hand-strung, their hands have been tied. Not anymore. They have, the options are there. There's a lot of capacity on the road and there's a lot of capacity on the rail. So they have the option to figure out what is best for their overall supply chain. And you're seeing those impacts. Yeah, bad for trucking, but good for rails and shippers. I would further expect this to be a headwind. Some of the reasons in spite we're seeing the rising volumes, but lower rejection rates could be attributed to the fact that shippers are getting choosy. They're mixing and matching. Absolutely. Thomas, thank you so much for this update. We'll be sure to check in with you again in the second hour. Right now, we'll hand it back over to Bill.